Hi. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hey, everybody. Everything's fine. Hey, everything's fine. Relax. Everything is just fine. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Everything's Fine. I am your host, Kyle Pagan, joined every Monday and now joined for the rest of of eternity until both of us are six feet under mark henry mark is going to be on the show for every episode he's going to be on some guest interviews he's going to be on all the guest interviews we'll see we'll play it by ear but it's a lovely 62 degree day 8 a.m in the morning on monday september 20th and there's a good chance you're listening to this hungover because i was down at the stadium and we may have lost the game but it wasn't for lack of trying from this fan base (laughs) <laughs> Holy shit. Did we win the tailgating battle? We we won the war with the liquor. The liquor <laughs> the liquor stood no chance. It never it never stood a chance. It was like the chair against Yijan Lan uh, in the workout. But yeah, I mean <laughs> wow, what a I, reference. I heard I heard Pennsylvania was on a alcohol shortage this it weekend. Is. That I I I was nervous for my for my Eagles brethren down at the game. I don't want to say we lost because there was an alcohol shortage and maybe we couldn't get quite as liquored up as we would have been, but I'll, you know, maybe I'll put 10% of the blame on that. You know, credit to the fan base too, because uh, there was a ton of San Francisco 49er fans down there. A lot of opportunities for brawls for, for stabbings, which is a, a big San Francisco fan base for being a lot of soy boys. They do love a nice six inch knife right to the gut. Um, no, no, nothing. No shouting matches, no hold me back, bros. Credit to the fan base, but I hate to be the the bad fan base guy because I got down there at about five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. At that point, they were down. What did they lose? Seventeen eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were down seventeen to three at that point. Eagles are driving droves, like thousands of people. Are coming out, and you could tell that they're leaving the game because that have they have the scarlet letter on them. They have the Go Bird shirt that they got, you know, the day uh, that that uh, the Eagles were handing out and whatnot. Mark, I'm telling you, I was shocked by the thousands of people that were leaving down 17-3 with five minutes left to go, celebrating the Jalen Hurts touchdown makes it 17-11 with the fireworks going off for the stadium. And at that point, you're like, no, 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 you left the game. You you can't celebrate. You stay quiet. You go back to your car. I was shocked that people left early. I hate to be the bad fan base guy, but it's funny when like we're like the biggest pride ourselves on being one of the best fan bases in the in the uh, in the entire NFL, and we have like five to ten thousand people just clearing out of the stadium down two touchdowns with five minutes left to go. They get that onside kick or or uh, convert. I mean, they stopped the fourth and one when Jimmy G obviously. Uh, didn't snap that ball with it with zero seconds on the play clock. Like, should there be a shot clock violation kind of horn? Yeah, absolutely. For the NFL, right? Like, why are we doing absolutely. this on human error now? Let's let let's let the robots do it. Also, billion dollar industry. Let's just eyeball it. Let's just eyeball spots all day long. Let's never break anything out of any sort of scientific technology to figure out where a ball actually deserves to be. I uh, officiating in football this weekend has driven me to like my final frontier. Like I am, I am so goddamn mad about officiating in football this weekend. And it's not really even about any of my favorite teams. It's about my, my bank account, if anything, but, and that, and that delay a game, I I feel like a lot of the time, um, you know, the delay a game thing on TV, maybe the TV clock is a little bit faster than the clock in the stadium, or maybe there's just an error with the with with what the clock is showing on TV. So you know, you leave that second. Like if if a if a QB hikes it like a, a split second after, you know, I, I get it. The ref's not gonna be able to see it. It was sitting on double zeros for like three four seconds before Jimmy G hiked that ball. I I find it hard to believe that's that much of an error. That that was definitely a pretty frustrating play. But I had kind of uh, honestly, I think I would have been. Uh, walking out of the stadium as well with uh, with those five to ten thousand. Um, I'm I'm generally not a leave the game early guy. I'm also not like a go to football games in person guy. So I I don't know even I haven't I haven't been at a football game for the in so long. But five minutes left on the clock is a wild move. 
it, in it football. felt so it, over. It, we it couldn't stop over, the run. But it, it's a wild move. Like five minutes left on the clock, down 14. The crazier things have happened. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It, it just, uh, it did feel over. Like, I, I just, to, just to give those guys credit, like, I, I was sitting <laughs> at Parks. I, I was sitting what at Parks. credit what? do you want to, what credit wow, do you want to wow. give no, I, somebody I getting their fat ass out of their seat and walking <laughs> four sections down to the, to the road? What, what credit? I, they, they fair. got up and used their legs. That's fair. I'm, I guess I'm saying I'll take away some of the vitriol <laughs> that we're spewing uh, at these people who left early just because I, I understand it, it was. I, it was a rough game. And right. It was a I rough. Hate, uh, it seemed done at that point. I hate that fan base guy. I don't know. I w- I guess I was just shocked. I was just shocked for a fan base that prides itself on being one of the best in the NFL. I'm not mad at him. Don't get me wrong. It did feel over, like you said, down 14. But I'm just saying, there was still like three, four minutes left on the clock when they scored 17-11. How about when um the ball when when the clock hits zero, the ball just blows up like a firecracker. <laughs> Yeah, I, there's so many things that or they put should a put. chip in the ball for the for the uh, for yeah. the spots. There should be a chip in the ball because I 100. think I sorry, sorry to cut you off. Maybe. I think when um when they did one, I think they did only one chain. They needed the chains only one time. I swear, San Francisco got that first down, and they were they were off by a foot foot and a half. And I was like, that was a bad spot, but I'll take it. Yeah, I I feel like spotting in general in football this weekend has been just woefully terrible. Uh, like it, it just feels like they're completely guessing. Like I don't know how you're supposed to look 20 yards away on the sideline and be like that is the exact spot that that ball is down. Like as 22 guys are converging on a on a yeah, football. It's yeah, so stupid. At one point the Fox broadcast thought the first down marker was was the orange Gatorade um on the uh on the sideline so i mean that's the kind of people we're talking about not even the production crew who's like has like these kind of like robots and 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 uh graphic design people that can uh that are supposed to like that's their job to find the first downline they thought it was a gatorade canister on the side of the uh of the sideline um okay enough about the drunk oh and also i'm not a big blame the refs guy but i'll see those refs in hell uh that cave wallace what's he supposed to do on that uh, on that play I mean, we yeah. we have to get targeting out of college football, and you know what? Let's get targeting out of the NFL. You are behemoth men running into each other a hundred times a game. I'm sorry, a little hat on a hat, a little helmet to helmet. I'm not. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you've already signed up to to play a vicious game of gladiators. Like if it's if it's egregious, maybe maybe if if it's a helmet to helmet egregious contact, fine. But like Trey Sermon gets gets hit, he's lowering his head to the ground. Kayvon Wallace, if he doesn't if if Trey Sermon doesn't get hit, Kayvon Wallace probably hits him in the hip, probably hits him in the lower leg. He's down, but instead he gets upended. And what's he supposed to do? They're playing this game at like twenty five miles an hour, like they're insanely fast, huge specimens. I think it's time to definitely get rid of targeting college. And it's kind of, t- it's kind of time to get rid of targeting in the NFL. It's just, it's such a hard play to monitor, to penalize. What do you think? Have you seen concussion? The movie concussion? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell the truth. Yeah. I, I, it's never going away. So, I mean, you can, you can say goodbye to that hope because if anything, it's going to be more strict going forward. Um, just based on you know the way of the world and the way of they, they got their asses sued for billions uh, pretty recently, so they're going to do whatever they can to have plausible deniability of any of any risk taken or any safety precautions or anything like that. So it's always going to be like that. Obviously, you wish that they would use some common sense uh, with it a bit more often. I, I don't have a problem with having targeting or with having helmet to helmet. Obviously, in college, the whole ejecting someone and suspending them for the next game is batshit crazy. But I, uh, with the NFL, yeah, it's just, it just comes down to, you have to be able to recognize it when you're the ref. I get that it's like a bang, bang play for the, for the players and how, what is he supposed to do? It's kind of a bang, bang play for the refs too. You see a guy get hit in the ref or get hit in the head and immediately go down and not move at all. It, It is kind of like, I, I did feel like that flag came out late and it maybe was a reaction to seeing Sermon look dead on the ground. Uh, and, and, you know, that's wrong, but it's also like 
it's a quick play for them. I, now that's the case of like, I just wish that we could do more reviews of everything. I know everyone else wants to get rid of instant yes. review. Everyone wants to get rid of instant replay. I'll take, I'll gladly take another half hour, add it onto every game for the rest of eternity. If we get rid of some of the awful officiating that we have to deal with just because we're afraid to spend a little bit more time getting it right. Um, I, I'm just, I don't know. I'm here for, I'm, I'm here for figuring out what the right outcome of games is instead of a game like Mississippi state Memphis this weekend on college football, Mississippi state downs a punt and Memphis just picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown. And we're kicking the extra point before we can even think about a, a review before we can even think about like what just happened. And it's just officiating, man. I, I am a blame the refs guy. You said you're not a blame the refs guy. I am a big, uh, you know, fuck the refs guy, fuck the umps, uh, whatever. I'm a big fuck the umps guy. Not as big as a fuck the refs guy. Wow. You're big. You're bigger on refs than umps. Bigger on umps than refs. Wait, I'm a big fuck the umps guy, but you not hate umps more than you hate refs. Yes. Okay. Um, Hmm. I think I'm a bigger ref. I think I hate refs more. On officials, I'm right in the middle. I haven't decided yet on officials. <laughs> Here, the, here's the linesman. Yeah, here's how you police. Um, here's how you police targeting. If it looks like Troy Palomalo's hit a USC, this cheap <laughs> shot right here, this is this is what you call a uh, target helmet to helmet. Okay. This this is what you call an overrated <laughs> player too. Right here. <laughs> Stop it. He's so overrated. It's crazy. <laughs> this cheap shot right here, that's targeting. What Just totally bags. undressing that man when he called for a fair catch at USC. That's uh, that's targeting. When uh, what, a, what a dirt bag. When men were men. That's targeting right there. <laughs> <laughs> when you don't even let the guy catch the football before he can field field it, and then Jesus. chase after the football like it's a fumble. That's we're gonna. We're, that's where you start and you stop at targeting. When Kayvon Wallace is just trying to get a job, trying to earn his pay, making a big time play at the end. All right, let's get into breaking down the game a little bit. Um, take all the good juju from Week One and just completely chuck it out the window, punt it out the window. Everything, all the good chemicals you were feeling, bury them deep down inside. Because Nick Sirianni, he looked like a rookie head coach. He looked like a rookie head coach. I was calling plays. He just total 180 from last weekend's game. Jalen Hurts had the highest air yards in a game this season after having the lowest air yards of any QB last week. 12 of 23 isn't going to cut it. The underthrows to Devontae Smith. That 91-yard pass to Quez Watkins to come out of there was zero points. I mean, it should have been 17-3 to at half. If you look at his passing chart, it kind of looks like a seventh-grade dance where it's like girls on one side, guys on the other side. There's no plays in the middle, whether that's Jalen's fault or that's Sirianni's fault for not drawing him up. I don't know. You count illegal touchdowns. We win this game technically. Mark, what would you think? I'm not the happiest about it. My Jalen Hurts franchise meter, if I can do a little, little hand action right now. Um Low being uh, not a franchise QB, high all the way over being a franchise QB. I'm sitting like right here. So I'm about, if we're looking at like a complete 180 degrees, I can't get my arm that way. We're looking at probably about a 110-ish, a little bit over 90 degrees right there on the official Jalen Harris franchise meter. What are you thinking? I... I know we're not allowed to criticize Nick Sirianni on this podcast. No, 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 no. You, you do whatever you damn well please. It doesn't matter that we just sold 500 shirts. You go ahead. He wore, he wore this very shirt you're seeing on my, on my torso right now. But I, uh, definitely a lot of concerns with Sirianni in that game. I, I had a lot of play calling concerns. I really hated the Philly special call. Mm. I also really hated that they handed it off to Devonta instead of miles. I actually think, they hand that ball off to Miles. If, if you line Miles up on the other side as opposed to Devonta, you hand it off. The defense is a little bit more tricked into thinking that that's a run play. Can you talk? Uh, can we talk more about that? The, the fourth down call. It's really special, yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I I think that that I don't have a problem with it. Again, if it's to Miles and if it's diagnosed correctly, because as soon as he handed it to Devonta, I think that the the San Francisco 49ers knew that our fourth and goal play wasn't a handoff to Devonta Smith. 
So I think that that kind of gave away what we were doing. I'll tell to, you what, the idiot on the couch watching that, me, thought it was a handoff to Devontae Smith for a second. <laughs> and I was like, I don't like that play. Yeah, I wouldn't have liked that either. That's why I, I'm not playing linebacker in the NFL. Yeah, I I I was really disappointed in the in the play calling in that like four, especially that four play run after right there after the Devonta penalty that brought us closer to the end zone on first and goal. I mean, you run the ball right up the middle on second and goal. On third and goal, you roll Jalen Hurts out and you only give him one option. They had Dallas Goddard in the back of the or it might have been Ertz. One one of the tight ends in the back of the end zone. I think it was Ertz. And you didn't give him a second option coming from the left side. Like uh, you only gave him one option to throw to. And obviously you had the option to run, but they had two people that covered the run pretty well on QB contained. So it, it was really disappointing to see them not scheme that well at all. It seems like that's something that you can work on all off season, regardless of, you know, what kind of defense the your if your scout defense is running or anything like that, that you, you should be working on your red zone packages and your two minute drill stuff constantly because it's so important and i did not like what i saw out of the red zone and especially in that one instance um i mean i'm not freaking out on jalen hurts at all um i think that 23 was pretty bad and the underthrows were a little concerning people are asking does jalen hurts have the arm to be a franchise quarterback yeah i i think that's nonsense personally i i think he does um he underthrew a couple balls i mean i i thought that the one devonta smith ball that people are saying it was underthrown is probably caught if san fran isn't holding devonta it's holding his arm down not the one that double covers the other one right the one where he had to like he didn't have to come back to it but he like kind of stopped and Shifted went up it, for yeah. it yeah i thought that was a fine throw i mean Sorry, before we get off the fourth down, I just want to have a point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm always a big, like, you're glorified if it works, and you're a pariah if it doesn't. And going back to the Philly mm-hmm. special, I liked the call. I don't think I liked it situationally. Like, does that work against a Dan Campbell team, a John Gruden team, a Mike McCarthy team, where, like, maybe a team that's, like, not as disciplined? Most likely. Like, that doesn't work against a Kyle Shanahan team, a Sean McVay team. Like, guys that are, like, crunching film – and they're like, once you see this scheme, once you see this kind of lineup, they're going to run like a certain trick play. So just be aware of that. Like those, like that's what I didn't like. Like that could work against a more undisciplined team. I don't mind the call. I never mind that those kind of calls. Um, I understand what he's doing. And like I said, he's heralded if it wins. Twitter burns to the ground where that's a three million viewed clip on Twitter and whatnot. NFL is is getting their social media managers and just whipping them to get that clip out as fast as possible, as fast as possible. Um, yeah, I mean, in San Diego State, hey, they won this weekend on the Philly special. So, I mean, it still works. But I, I agree 100%. I didn't even think about the Devontae Smith thing where you're like, hey, they should have been Miles Sanders getting that ball. Because, yeah, once it went to Devontae Smith, they're not going to run a 170-pound wide receiver off the end for on, on, on fourth and one. Just the complete lack of of being able to convert off of first and goal, being handed that that gift of a uh, of a pass interference. Um, and then everyone jumps off sides and then not to get seven points there was 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 just uh was just tough. Go back to what you were saying. I would like to see Devonta Smith run routes without being hand checked like it's 2003 NBA. Uh, oh, that, okay. That's something I would definitely like. Lenore can see me in a dark alley. Um, that's all I got to say after that game. That guy was playing some of the most illegal defense without getting called a single time. Uh, it's that was that was quite frustrating throughout the game. Devonta Smith don't know how he's supposed to catch with one arm pinned to his hip at all times uh, when someone's holding him down. But I mean, I I really think that uh, you know the people who want to be critical of Jalen Hurts. So I, this is just a, a side point. Mm-hmm. But at Parks, you know, there's a lot. I was around a lot of people that were very stupid, I'd say. Uh, very a lot, a lot of, Around a lot of very dumb people. Um, and there's a common denominator for all people who think Jalen Hurts sucks and who are out on Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying that's you at all. You, I, you're, you, you're pretty close to the franchise meter then, as opposed to suck. I, you, you'll come to learn that I will be uh, everywhere this, this year. Okay, okay. But I think that everyone who has decided that they're out on Jalen Hurts is above the age of 55. They vote red. And they are 100% boomers. I mean, they, I mean, I guess that's the over 55 part, but I, I, they are just, these are old whites that are angry. I mean, that's, 
That is the Jalen. That's half the Jalen Hurts backlash. It's just a bunch of old whites that are angry that he's not, you know, throwing to the tight end on <laughs> on first and ten. Like, I, I just think that the discourse around Jalen Hurts. I don't know why it's so annoying to me, but I, people talk about arm talent and people talk about decision making and people talk about you know the deep ball as if we're grading on. We're, we should not be grading Jalen Hurts on a Peyton Manning scale. He's not going to be a stand in the pocket and perfect pocket passer quarterback who has the the deepest arm and the most pinpoint accuracy and never makes a bad decision. That's not who Jalen Hurts is going to be. It's not who he's ever was going to be. You have to compare him to guys like, you know, Russ, Dak, Kyler, Lamar. And I'm not saying he's as good or as dynamic as some of those guys are as good as a passer as some of those guys. But it's a different curve. You're grading on a different curve when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts who can make the things happen with his legs. And if he didn't have that ability to make things happen with his legs, I'd have a different opinion on yesterday's game. I thought there was a lot of times where he absolutely saved us on third down or he absolutely saved us getting us to a first down with his legs. And I honestly felt like they could have used it more. I felt like he was a bit, a little bit confined in the pocket. Uh, that's another problem I had with the game plan with Sirianni. It felt like they were not rolling him out at all. Not a lot of bootlegs. Obviously, the one to in the first on the first drive to Devonta that he barely underthrew. Um, that was a uh, that was a perfect play in my opinion. You roll him out and you go deep. It didn't work, but you take the shot. Um, but it, it, like you said, if if incomplete touchdowns are if they are they are counted, then it's a different game. And if that touchdown, if Jalen Rager has any sort of body control at all and didn't suck. Um, he'd be able to stay in bounds, catch a touchdown. And this would be a different conversation about Jalen Hurts. And, and that's that's the shame of it. It's just like Jalen Hurts didn't have a better or worse game because Jalen Rager stepped his foot out of bounds. You know what I mean? Like that throw counts the same no matter what the result is because that throw was perfect. That was a perfect throw to Jalen Rager. And, and same with Quez. That was a perfect throw to Quez, and it was a perfect play to Quez. And you just really wish that you know he was able to finish that off and not get hawked at the five yard line. But I, yeah. I, I'm not too worried about Jalen Hurts. I mean, maybe after next week, if he struggles against Dallas, that would be a reason to be concerned because that defense is dog shit. But I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a big week three performance. I'm not sure if we win the game, but I, I think we I think we put up a lot of points. Yeah, sometimes when rents do, you overdraft and you default on your. Uh... <laughs> On your payment, but I think this is a, a a very large blame on Nick Sirianni. I think exactly mm-hmm. right. I think the scheme was just really bad. It was a rookie head coach scheme. Um, I was like I said, I was down there. I was filming something for Kenwood, and you know people were calling for Nick Sirianni's head. Uh, people were calling for Carson Wentz to come back. People were calling for Doug to come back. People were calling for Jalen Hurts not being the guy. And it wasn't always the old whites. There were some young whites. Some 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 young whites that were getting on on the uh, on the Nick Sirianni has to go. Some uh, some Jalen Hurts probably isn't the guy. Um, I would say it's definitely the vocal minority, which sometimes can be the loudest, unfortunately. But uh, and then there were some level headed people. I got to give credit to them where it was like, hey, this is week two of a young team. Let's not freak out. Um, we do have to talk about a little bit. Uh, Brandon Brooks goes down. Uh, the the initial diagnosis is it's such a serious injury that we don't know the timetable of uh, the pec injury. Obviously, Brandon Graham is out for the year. We've talked about it. This team goes as far as they stay healthy. Like they're just not a not a big depth team. Um, Landon Dickerson filled in pretty nicely. Uh, I don't know if he's going to take over the uh, Brandon Brooks spot. I'm guessing that's where he's going to be. On the other end, Brandon Graham. Do you do you move Josh Sweat over? Do you move? Derek Barnett over. We haven't even talked about his stupid fucking penalties. Uh, or do you play Ryan Kerrigan there? Like, I'm just generally curious what you think. I think that they'll do a lot of rotational stuff. And I, I'm sure that they'll play some guys we're not even talking about right now at that at that spot. Maybe they bounce out some guys from D-Tackle. Um, so I, I think that there's plenty of options on what they can do. I'm actually... This is going to sound bad, but I'm actually not really all that like woe is me sky is falling down about these injuries yet there's definitely some injuries on the team that could have happened that i would have been like that with probably either slayer nelson would have been a lot hmm. bigger of a deal for me due to the depth and where we have it at what positions what are the and, linebackers going down after the linebackers are already kind of they suck so yeah <laughs> that, that's that's a tough that's a tough like i don't even if singleton goes down after sucking so bad after me actually getting fooled into thinking he was good in the preseason yeah uh but 
uh, like we're pretty deep on the lines. I mean, we have a lot of options. You just mentioned three. I mean, right there with Sweat, Barnett, and Kerrigan. And obviously those are the three main options. So you use two of them. You rotate the other one in. You obviously get some other people involved. But Brandon Graham's never had a 10-sack season. Not to be that guy. Brandon Graham's a legend. Brandon Graham had um, obviously the biggest play in franchise history. Brandon Graham is, seems like, by the way, just like the best guy in the world. He seems mm-hmm. like a leader. He seems like... Just someone you want in your foxhole, someone you want on your team. Um, and hopefully he tweeted something very nice out there that he's going to be leading from the sideline. Hopefully that's the case, and hopefully his impact can still be felt in that way. But in terms of on the field, I, you know. now I disagree, man. I think he does so much behind the scenes and so much on the field. It's just good having those kind of guys. Like the, I think Jeff McLean tweeted, like, Fletcher Cox was visibly – Fletcher Cox? Yeah. Fletcher yeah. Cox was visibly upset when um, – when Brandon Graham went down, he's just, he's just the catalyst. He keeps guys going. I mean, I, I remember the clip very vividly of him just trash talking. He's just a fucking motor mouth. Like I used to talk a little bit of trash when I used to play uh, some round ball with the fellows back in high school. And um, I would get tired after like, like five minutes of trash talking. This guy's doing like fucking like 15, 20, 25 minutes of game time, like trash talking and then going out and, and still causing a, causing a ruckus. Um, I don't know, man. I, I never want to lose my starting defensive end. Now, like you said, they do have, you know, Josh Sweat, Derek Burnett, Ryan Carey, and guys who, you know, have, have 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 proven that they can they can play the end. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, man, it sucks. And 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 it sucks because I, I didn't really want to get Landon Dickerson playing this early. I kind of wanted him like it, it, it I don't know, man. It's he it, it tore an ACL. He only tore an ACL like six months ago. It's still it, it still baffles me that this guy is playing coming off an ACL injury like six, seven months ago. Yeah. You'll hear me say this a lot. Um, I'm not a doctor, so (laughs) I don't like, I don't know what kind of tear that was. I don't know how deep it was. Like, I don't know, you know, how much risk there is in him playing right now, as opposed to in a month. Like I, I really just, those are things I just don't know. So, but I'm happy to see Dickerson getting a chance to play. I I think he's the future. I, I think he's, going to be starting at that position next year, if not the year after that, uh, by the time we have to part ways with Brooks probably. And I imagine this injury might, uh, you know, expedite that process. But um, I I would say I'm more, more concerned from a football standpoint about the Brooks injury than I am with the Graham injury. But I'm also probably more confident in the replacement with Brooks because I think Dickerson is going to be really good. The, I mean, Dickerson would have been a top 10 pick in the NFL draft if he didn't have the injury problems he did. And you mentioned his torn ACL. He's had more than that. He's had he's every season he's played in, I'm pretty sure has ended with a serious season ending injury uh, at, at the very end of the season. But so, yeah, there's obviously injury concerns. There's obviously a lot of concerns with Dickerson in terms of just like football player and in terms of just like blocking and fitting the scheme. He's perfect. I mean, he's going to step right in and be a really, really, really good offensive lineman if he can stay healthy. Um, I didn't notice any plays where he really like they didn't blow up Dickerson uh, when he came in. And even with even with good offensive linemen who are who are coming off the bench, a lot of the times you'll see them come in and blow a blow an assignment just because they're a little rusty or give up a sack right away. I didn't really see that from Dickerson, so that's a good sign. Um, I'm not concerned about about Dickerson coming in. I, I obviously I'm concerned a little bit that he can stay healthy, like you mentioned, but um, yeah, I think it's good to get him, get him time, get all of our young guys playing as soon as possible. Um, I, I know that it's not ideal, but I, I just, I guess I'm not, I'm not the sky is falling yet with, uh with, with those two injuries. You look at Dallas, they lost to Marcus Lawrence, Washington. They lost their quarterback. I, I think their quarterback stinks, but they lost some guys on the O line. The giants are just not a good football team. So I mean, Washington and Dallas have had kind of similar injuries. Actually, Dallas has a couple more injuries than that that I'm even thinking about. Cooper got hurt in that game. Gallup was already hurt. Dallas has more injuries. So, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm not gonna I'm not gonna whine about two injuries just because it's gonna get worse. Like it's gonna get worse. Hopefully, that's you know not the tip of the iceberg. How you feeling for the rest of the NFC East? One on one. It's heavy at the top. Yeah, I mean, Washington's uh, D-backs looked absolutely terrible on Thursday night. That was something that I did not see coming. I I, I did not really factor in as a concern with that team. Uh, you know, you just think of them, and it's Chase Young, it's Montez Sweat, Young and Sweaty. Uh, that that defense is is unbelievable. You don't think about the fact that maybe their their D-backs are terrible. 
And Landon Collins played terrible. Kyle Fuller played terrible. Um, some of the other guys on that on that D-backs that are probably like above 85 in Madden, uh, just to say Madden figure it out. Um, but that they look terrible. Daniel Jones had his best game of all time. I mean, I, I was actually impressed with Daniel Jones in that Giants game for maybe the first time I've ever watched the Giants game. And that's coming against what's supposed to be a good defense in Washington. And then I guess with the other side with Dallas, Dallas got given a win yesterday by the refs. I yeah. was fine with it because I had Dallas money line, but Dallas got given a win. I mean, that was that was insane. Is that a violation, bro? You betting on uh, oh, yeah. Dallas money line? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I, I heard it so many times yesterday too, like at my buddy's house, and like it's like, oh, you you take that Eagles hat off, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas right. money line? What are you crazy? <laughs> and I Don't like you have I, any pride? People are gonna hate me for this. Dallas would not make my like top five hated teams in sports. So like, uh, people are gonna be upset about that. They've been pretty terrible my whole life. So, um, or at least like largely irrelevant, I should say. Mm-hmm. But uh, so. I guess I'm not like I would never bet on the Giants, which is funny because I hate the Giants a lot more than I hate the Cowboys and I hate Michigan uh, in, in college a lot more than I hate the Cowboys. So I would never bet on those teams, but I've bet on the Cowboys plenty. I bet against the Cowboys plenty. I'd like to think I can be objective uh, around the league b- with most teams. Uh, but that was not a game where I walked out of. It, it's kind of it actually reminds me a bit of the Chargers week one game. Like I had the Chargers week one against Washington. Uh, they won the game. But I didn't walk out being like, man, the Chargers won that game and they're gonna they're rolling on all cylinders and the rest of the season they're gonna go 12 and 5. And that was really the start of something. Like that's not how I felt. I was like, wow, they really left a lot of chances out there. They did not impress me in the run game. And Dallas, I, I feel a lot of the same ways. Like there they had plenty of of chances. They were up 14 to 3 in that game. They were up seven nothing with the ball. They had plenty of chances to kind of take that game over early and then even later on in the game. And they couldn't do it. They end up winning on a, on a game winner, which, by the way, Mike McCarthy, if he didn't make that field goal, should have been fired on the spot. Oh, my God. 33 seconds left, and people are just like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Welcome back to the line. Like, let's get it. Let's get it figured out. And they get back finally with, like, 15 seconds. They just stand there. They could have handed it off and called a timeout. Like, there's so many things they could have done to avoid kicking a 56-yard field goal. And they're just like, no, nah, we're just going to let it run out and call a timeout with five seconds left. And Mike McCarthy said in the post game, I think he said, um, you know, uh, the, the play clock was messed up on the scoreboard. I was looking at the game clock and I got confused. And it's like, it's not a great sign. I mean, he said, I, I've never seen a scoreboard operator uh, mess with me like that in my life or something at he home. Said, like something like that was it at home yeah it was no 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 it was on the road you, Sorry, you probably saw... thought that because dallas was being cheered for they were being cheered for the entire game because the chargers don't have fans they, they I, don't have fans i saw benson was at the game i needed a shot of him on the cowboys sideline just to fill my anger off of the uh my anger my anger uh quota off of the eagles game and then have him on the sideline. Oh. Ben Simmons was there. I didn't yeah, Ben that. Simmons at the game. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Jesus. He's an LA guy. Remember, only three teams. Only three teams. Um. All right. Let's talk about the shirt. It's probably so, took this long. <laughs> it's the story of the weekend. Shout out Michael Barkan. I'm not vain, Mark. I'm a <laughs> humble, am. humble man. Um, I've learned a lot about the t-shirt game in the last three days. I've learned a lot about influencers in the last three games, Nick Sirianni being one of them. Now, when they don't lose or when when they don't lose, when they don't win the bits, the t-shirts, they become a lot less funny. (laughs) And uh, that's something that Nick Sirianni, I don't think knows he's setting himself up for. But I just want to thank Nick Sirianni. I want to thank the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Sirianni comes out Friday. If you didn't see it, he wore uh, the Jalen Hurts Rents Do shirt. If you're watching this on the YouTube, Mark's got it on right now. Mark's actually got a bootleg copy on. Uh, it's a little more greener than that if you edit, if you uh, order it off the Etsy. But anyway, so Nick Sirianni, he wears the shirt. The Beats are tweeting it out. Mike Garofalo from NFL Network's tweeting it out. Other guys are tweeting it out. It's going nuts. SI, FanDuel, like anywhere you saw it, it was just... 
it, Barcelona Philly, I know would have tweeted it out, but they know this is a podcast. They don't want to promote podcasts. I'm watching you, Barcelona Philly. You do every other shirt. Don't, don't get me started on Barcelona Philly. I have my own thoughts on them. You can continue. <laughs> I've learned so much about the t-shirt game. The bots. Holy shit. I was fighting with bots from the Philippines, bots from China. I would, everybody that tweeted the shirt, I would just drop a tweet saying, hey, here's the original design from me and the guy who designed it, uh, Brandon Moroni at 2B Inc. Shout out that guy. Follow him at 2, the number 2, B-E-I-N-K, 2B Inc. Great designer. Awesome fucking t-shirt guy. Does other things too. So if you need anything, weddings, birthdays, anything. I would drop a link. All of a sudden, these bots like Chris T one two seven eight nine zero five 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 five. I just bought this shirt here, and it's like tpublic.com or tstyles.com, or and I would just have to report them. I'd have to report everyone. Had to be on top of it and everything. Then someone would comment under there. It's like, oh my god, thank you so much. I just bought this shirt. I was like, these bots are they're moving too fast. They're they're they're. It's it's the t-shirt game is an all-out war. I've learned today. On Etsy, if you search everything's fine, or you search Jalen Hurts t-shirts before uh, Friday, before he started wearing it, you could find me on the store. You search everything's fine on the store. You search Jalen Hurts uh, Rents Do t-shirts. You can't find me on the store anymore because these bots took it and reported it. The designer I have, who uh, Brandon, the guy who designed the tee, he's been fighting with people all over Etsy, being like, "Yo, you don't have this intellectual property to um, to sell this shirt." And they'll and they come back and say, if you report me, I will get a lawyer involved and we'll take you to court. It's just it's just crazy shit like that, where it's like me and this guy came up with a shirt design. The shirt design was a good design. It took off when some guy who is the Philadelphia Eagles coach wore the shirt. And now we're fighting with people who have like a mental illness or just like don't give a fuck. And they're like, yeah, this is my shirt. And I'll take you to court if you if you uh, if you try to report me. I would not handle that well. This, the t-shirt game is an all-out gutter war, and I kind of love it. You're in? You're all in. in? Oh, I, I want to make more. i, I got to get one for every player on the team now if, if Sirianni's just wearing them. I had one buddy uh, just go cease and desist. He just wrote cease and desist on, on everybody who was one of the fake guys, and I was like, that's the kind of guy you need in your foxhole right there. I think I, I, think I told someone to, to, to kick dirt, fly a kite, and eat <laughs> shit. You did. I, I believe that. I believe that was my message. You did. I mean, people. I'm a starving. I'm a starving podcaster out there. I'm just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. Um, you know, I don't have a kid. Um, and it's just it, it's it's hilarious. But Bob, when you but Bob just, Wankel does. Yes, but Bob Wankel does. He's, he's uh, I'm sending, just trying to feed Bob Wankel's Kyle, daughter. He's sending Kyle bills in the mail, so I mean, he's got to he's got to keep up. Yeah, please don't charge me fifty to hundred dollars to come on a podcast. <laughs> I value your time. I don't value your time that much. Um, yeah, man, it's 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 been a wild ride. I mean, Barcan, I was I went down. I was DMing with Barcan. I was like, hey, man, I don't know if you saw the shirt. And I reached out to other guys like John Clark, Jessica Versky, anybody that had like any influence would be on the pregame. Uh, Garofalo reached out to me, and he was like, yo, listen, if you give me the shirt by Sunday, I'll put it on NFL Network. And I was like, that's awesome. Um, so I gave it over to his uh, producer in the Maniunk area. But the 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 Michael Barcan one. He hits me up at like five o'clock on Saturday and I was bartending. So I didn't get back to him to like 12 or one. And we were absolutely swamped. I was up to my tits slinging beers. And um, I'm like, yeah, man, when do you need it? And then he doesn't get back to me like nine, 10 o'clock. And I'm like, fuck. I was like, all right, I'm not going to go all the way over there. All of a sudden he gets back to me. He's like, hey, I'll try to get it on, but I can't promise you anything. Just bring some shirts. So I'm flying down to Wells Fargo Center. I'm talking to like all the attendants. Like, I don't want to be charged forty dollars to go into the fucking lot. Like, I just have to make one quick <laughs> delivery. Like, I'm dodging Eagles fans and stuff. Like, crossing the street, no one has any regard for anybody down there. Um, don't, the they know who, don't they know you're in route to Barcan? <laughs> I'm wearing what I wore at the bar last, and I'm wearing like like <laughs> jeans and like a, a polo shirt, basically, or like a, a Henley shirt. And I'm like, look at me. Look at the way I'm dressed. I'm not going in the tailgate. Just let me in the fucking lot so that I can just deliver these shirts to Barcan and, and and try to make some money off of uh off of shirts. So they let me park in front of this officer on like Packer Ave or whatnot, and I just book it down uh down the D lot to where they uh to where NBC Sports is. Give them to this random assistant, um, and I'm like, please, for the love of God, get these on. And Barcan 
from the absolute clouds. And shout out to the NBC Sports Bay Area for uh, for setting it up perfectly, being like, hey, I thought you guys would have shirts on and whatnot. And that's when Barkan just walks off, grabs the shirt, throws it in front of the camera. It was one of the bootleg ones, too. Shout out shout out, Rush Order Tees for uh, flipping those really quick. But uh, yeah, it was one of the bootleg ones, not the ones from Etsy. But man, it was fucking amazing. And then he retweeted the tweet, and it's just like, you know, Barkan, Barkan the God. I... I don't I don't steal quotes very often. Uh, and this is this is a uh, this is a, a big quote for me. Some things are bigger than sports. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, shout out to Rico Bosco. I I, I just I'm a Michael Barkan guy. I'm a, I, I I want Michael Barkan involved in pretty much all Philadelphia sporting events in some capacity. Michael Bart with his blue glasses. Uh, mm-hmm. I I I, I I uh, in the wrestling business they say marked out when you see something that you uh, that you popped for that you that you get excited about. When Michael Barkan, when I saw that tweet across my timeline with him running uh, with that shirt, I was like more excited than I was about Sirianni, <laughs> I, I, which is incredible. But I, I'm a I'm a Michael Barkan guy. I feel like I grew up on him. He, we we talk back and forth sometimes because I've been trying to get him on the pod for months now, oh. and he kind of he kind of went dark f- for a little bit. Um, and then he then he randomly DM'd me and said, I'll come on whenever if you want me. And I'm like, what do you mean if I want you? Like, you're, you're bar can. <laughs> you better bring the fucking glasses. Can you bring <laughs> Bo? Can you, can you and Ricky Bo? Oh, Ricky Bo. So, he'd come on and he'd be like, you guys talk about the Phillies on here? Be like, yeah. yeah. And he'd be like, you do a piss poor job. Just <laughs> like the team. I'm, I'm fed up. You need to look in the mirror. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it was fun. So, bar can will come on. Uh, Garofalo. I was like, hey, man, I got to get you on. I do a podcast, too. Not just a T-shirt company. He goes, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> like I had Colleen Wolf on one time. He's like, yeah, man, maybe. And I'm like, okay, I'll, 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 I have more work to do before you come on. Um, yeah, man, Fox. It was just, it was a whirlwind day. I am I'm a tired man. I have to, later today, I have to go and, and message a lot of people who are just like, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? I don't want this. I want that. Blah, blah, blah. People, uh, I love everybody who bought a shirt. I appreciate everybody who bought a shirt. Try to find me at Everything's Fine. Obviously, you know me if you're listening to this podcast. Try to tell your friends to buy from the original. Um, I understand if you get you know, absolutely bam- bamboozled or hid- hoodwinked from, a, uh, from another one. But man, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gutter war out there in the t-shirt game. But it's not boring. It's just entertainment. Yeah, man. I, I it's awesome. I, I've I've told like every person I've talked to this weekend about like this story. Like it's just I just I just think it's so cool. It's so um fun. no, it's yeah, it's just uh, it's so cool how uh like how many people I guess I just uh, I guess I, I'm not used to beat reporters uh being like fashion reporters, being uh mm-hmm. you know like reporting on the on the fits fit check yeah. of Nick Sirianni but it was funny like I expected like when I first saw like I, I was kind of on Twitter when it first happened and I first saw like a couple pictures of him wearing it and him walking around I think that was before the media right him walking around mm-hmm. uh, with the players yeah mm-hmm. so I was like I was like wow a couple people every beat reporter every Eagles writer every like Philadelphia social media company like yeah. sports whatever you want to say Besides every yeah, besides Parcel. Every single one, like, tweeted this out. And uh, look at this relationship between Jalen Hurts and Syria. Like, I just thought it was so cool. Yeah. That everyone I, everyone thought it was so cool. Yeah, I thought it would get local pub. I really yeah. did. Like, I was like, okay, that's cool. It'll get local pub. Um, I, I thought he was going to wear it during practice. I did. Uh, but I was like, in the back of my mind, I was like, if he wears it to the press conference, that's when we'll get it. Because that's when the good pictures came out. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, that... that makes makes Nick's eyes pop. So yeah, actually the funny thing is the Eagles contacted me. Uh, I think one of the equipment managers contacted me like, what is this green? And I'm like, it's like, uh, I gave him like the, the, the hex color, like Kelly, like hashtag one, a nine, zero, four, five, six. Like, it's like, I think they're using the green. They love the green, which wow. is like, I don't know what they're using it for, but that's what I've been kind of like led on to believe that like management wants to know what kind of, Kelly, that is. If, so, if Kyle brings back the Kelly Green jerseys by making a Jalen Hurts shirt, just like 
give him a job as uh, as your like president of merchandise for the Philadelphia Eagles. Cut the check, birds. Seriously, that that my dad would like praise you for the next couple decades if you bring back the Kelly green jerseys. Uh, but I, I think we have to like get a drop on this podcast or something. We have to like include it into the intro. Nick Sirianni calling you some guy, sending it to him. I think I think some guy sent it to me. I think I think that has to be somewhere in there or something. I, yeah. I think that 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 killed me that that video. It's like this guy got drunk and fell asleep in like his his shoes and his uh, his chino pants like on on Saturday at three a.m. Like this that's some guys like got wine drunk and just passed out in bed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no nah, man, it was it was awesome. Shout out Coach Sirianni. Shout out to the Eagles. Shout out even to, though uh, even though he called a shit game. Even though he called a shit game and and the bit. <laughs> I mean, I, I do I do love the bits. The bits have uh, financially benefited me, but uh, I, I don't know if he understands the vicious cycle he's playing with the uh, the rocky quotes and the uh, uh, now use can't leave. He played the now use can't leave clip. That was a big one um, this this week in the meetings, and you know, kind of just the uh, the overall hunky dory Ted Lasso kind of way that he's uh that he's playing himself. Um it doesn't work here if you don't win. And that's the thing that I think we're gonna find out really fast and what will make this city turn on him very, very fast. If he can't win, uh we don't care about as many shirts or you're connecting with your players and whatnot. We care about scheme and we care about you not making uh not good we care about you uh doing a total one eighty from your game plan against Atlanta. <laughs> that's what we, we really yeah. care about. No, um, it's definitely concerning. The the one eighty is definitely concerning. I, I think Dr. better team, like, better team. I mean, yeah, we saw sure. we saw yesterday. Uh, Tom Brady, forty whatever now. I don't even know his age anymore. Just carving up the Atlanta defense. So when I said on Friday, are the Falcons as bad as we thought they were? I think we could finally say they are. But I, you, I actually like, had the, I had the opposite. Of, I had the opposite thing. They threw pick. They threw two pick sixes. Atlanta. Okay. They they lost by 16. They threw two pick sixes. They were down 28-25 in the fourth quarter, I, I believe. That that is funny you said that because I was actually like, oh my God, it's kind of a close game. Then I looked again. It was one of those games where it's like it's yeah, 41-25. Yeah. It's like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? What the hell just happened? I think they were down like 28-10 or something like that. So they were down. They they came back. They made it a game. I think they even like I don't know. They made it a little bit of a game, but um I think they might have had the ball down three in the fourth and threw a pick six. I, I can't quite remember. I, that was not a game that I was like locked in on really, but um, I, I actually, I, I think Atlanta is going to beat the giants next week. So we, I'll start that out here on Monday. I can say it. I can say it. Yeah. I mean, Arthur Smith, you get you, he's going to get more comfortable, more comfortable every week. So, and he's a good coach. I, I, I legitimately think he he's a good coach. He's just a good coach trying to build a foundation right now. And in that kind of comeback that they made yesterday against Tampa, Pitts and Ridley got some more work, which was like the big concern with week one. It's like you have two incredibly dynamic pass catchers and it feels like you're just like not using them. So that that was a big that was a big uh, step for that offense, I think. And I, I really think that offense is going to shine uh, next week. And I think Ridley's going to have a, a huge day. All right. So this is a Phillies town now. Um, let's talk about Bryce Harper and his MVP now going off at minus 120 to win the MVP. One of the greatest second half performances of all time in any sport you've ever, ever had. Um, I did not see this coming. I know Fernando, Fernando Tatis has kind of, uh, kind of come back down to earth. Um, but yeah, Bryce is now the betting favorite, minus 120 to win MVP. Phillies are uh, two games back, dropped to the Mets on Sunday Night Baseball. Mark, what do you think about Bryce? What do you think about the Phils? Are we getting a red October? Well, last night certainly didn't help uh, that second part for getting a red October. But I actually have a – got a stat here for you. Give it to uh, me. About Bryce Harper. Let me pull this up and share it on the screen. Uh, and then let's let's yeah. So the highest second half OPS since 2000 among all qualified MLB hitters. Uh, obviously, the, I think the main point here is Barry Bonds was insane, and people don't talk about it enough. Uh, those three seasons out of Barry Bonds above 1400 in OPS. The fourth greatest since 2000 is Ryan Howard, 2006 legendary second half season, and then fifth top five all time is Bryce Harper at 1250 or uh, since 2000 at all time. I shouldn't say that, but just an insane, insane year, insane second half by Bryce Harper. He would be the first MVP 
um, since uh, since 2007 mm-hmm. to not make the All-Star game. Shout out Jimmy Rollins, my favorite Philadelphia athlete of all time. Uh, so he's appealing to me there. I, I think it's still 50-50. I, I think it's moving towards Bryce. It's definitely, like you said, minus 120, Tatis is plus 105. It's moving towards Bryce, and for a lot of nerd reasons, OPS, slugging percentage, all, all that stuff, OBP, whatever you want to say, uh, you know, war, uh, WRC+, plus, uh, all the things Bryce has an advantage in. But when you look at the counting numbers, you look at runs, you look at steals, you look at homers, you look at RBIs, Tatis still has a pretty decent advantage in all of those areas. So I don't think – I've heard a lot of Phillies fans at this point saying, like, even regardless of what happens down the stretch, if we don't make the playoffs and, uh, like, if they play the same – like whatever i i think this is 50 50 tatis they're they're going to look at those counting numbers but i do think if you put a gun to my head and made me pick uh who i think that it will be it will be bryce i think just barely i think it'll be a really close mvp race um you know if if bryce makes the playoffs and tatis misses that changes the conversation if tatis makes the playoffs and bryce misses that changes the conversation so this is still very fluid conversation but uh, a couple of weeks ago, I definitely thought it was over. I cashed out of one of my Bryce Harper MVP bets, which is something I'll, I'll regret for a, a wrong. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'm paying for it. Uh, so uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely not pleasant for me. But uh, it seems like he is taking kind of he's taking control back of the of the MVP conversation when it seemed like he relinquished it a couple of weeks ago uh, around the time Zach Wheeler relinquished his Cy Young uh, conversation. So. I'm I'm happy that even if this season does turn out to be a complete and utter waste in a similar way to the 2006 season when Ryan Howard had his run, uh, hopefully Bryce gets his MVP. And that just uh, honestly, the only reason I want Bryce to win MVP is just so idiotic Philadelphia fans don't like think he stinks next year if he has like a bad stretch. Like if he has an MVP then the true. casuals, the casuals will be like, oh, MVP, you want an MVP, you want an MVP. So whatever. I, I just want him to win so the casual stop being annoying. Did you see Bob Wankel get dragged for saying Bryce Harper is having one of the best individual seasons of any Philadelphia player over the last 30 uh, years? Philadelphia athlete. Um, That's right. Bryce Harper learning in real time not to make uh, statements like that uh, in terms of uh, when, when you're on the internet. He's right. He's not wrong, but it doesn't matter. First I think... I mean, I think we saw the greatest season uh, in Philadelphia history this year with Joel Embiid. So, um, the Claude Giroux stands came out in full force. Yeah, I, I, to be fair, to be fair, I can't speak to um, to the Flyers at all. That's so funny to me. Like he had 102 points in 17, 18. Man, he had so many assists. Like he played. I, I don't, I'm not a Flyers guy. finish in 2017, 18. I yeah, I don't know. I I'm not a I'm not a not a nice hockey guy, so uh, I can't speak to head? Drew. But I'm not a puckhead. <laughs> I uh, they finished but, third in the Metro. I see that 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 means nothing to me. I mean, I guess you can't really. <laughs> I I guess you can't really like shit on them when the Phillies are like clawing to get a wild card spot, or maybe be the, yeah, uh, yeah. maybe be in the NL East. Uh, Division leader in, in, in the worst division in uh, in the MOB, but yeah, you know it's just it's just great when when uh, you come back down to earth when you just make statements like is this the best we this is the, when you make statements like Bob Mayweather like this is the best athlete performance we've seen in the last thirty years. You're always going to get people from their respective sports who love to just tell you how wrong you are. It's like saying like. I don't know. This is the best Italian restaurant in Philadelphia. You're going to have like some guy from like Gabagool, South Philadelphia, or you're going to have some guy from like Delco or Deptford. And he's going to be like, actually, the Buca de Peppo, or actually, the D'Angelo's on 20th and Spruce. That, that is the best Italian uh, restaurant in the city. It's like the cheesesteak debate. It's like, huh, you like gyms? What are you, a tourist? Do you like Del Sandro's? What are you, been in Philadelphia for two minutes? You got to go to the Donkeys in, in Camden, or you got to go to this. There's this little shop. It's called Shanks on like Delaware Ave. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically like a shack. And it's like, you don't understand. Those are the best cheesesteaks. You mean the place where it looks like I'm getting mystery meat and, and someone like the health code violations are probably out the ass there? Okay. And and also with, with debates like this, it's not just the people from the different sports. It's not 
just people from different sports. It's people from different eras. If you say someone in this era right now, the modern era is having a good season, it's like, well, you know, Mike Michael Jack Schmidt. I mean, <laughs> Steve Carlton. I mean, I, I just I've heard I, I I'm like a I love history. I love sports history. I love reading about old Philly scenes that I wasn't alive for. I love reading like all that stuff. I read the Eagles book, the Jeff, I think it's Jeff Perlman. I could be wrong. Uh, the book about the the season that Jerome Brown died, I believe. Um, Reggie White. I read it a long time ago. But uh, Bring in the Heat, that's the name of the book. Book recommendation. You also can't have, I think baseball arguments are dead. Because you yeah. got this guy who's like, oh, at least two, 2007, 2009, 7.7, 8.2, and 8.2 F war. It's like, I'm a casual when it comes to baseball. Like, I just like watch. I'm like, oh, that guy's, you know, that guy's mashing. That guy's doing well. But then you got like F war. You got X pip. You got X fip. You got like BBOSTOSSOQQQ. It's like, it's like the LGBTQIA. Like, they just add another one on like every couple of years. Like, these, these, Analytics are just getting out of control that I don't understand. Now I don't want to have a conversation with you. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, F war is going too far. It's like WRC plus. Like I get it. I understand it. But I'd rather just talk about like, you know, we can talk about the stats and we can talk about OPS. And I, I feel like we, if, if we're talking to a casual, I feel like we should be able to figure out OPS. But F war, WRC plus, like that kind of shit. XFIP, like you said, XPIP. We don't need to – we don't need to – uh dive too deep into that but in, in terms of like what I, I was i was saying there i i'm kind of done hearing about how good the players in the 80s were anytime anyone gets praised in 2021 bryce harper joel Embiid, a quarterback on the eagles like who, whoever it may be it just feels like i have to hear a diatribe about like hall of fame players and I, like i said i read i read bringing the heat i love learning about philadelphia sports and I, I just don't need to hear about how much better every player from the 80s was to now because if you're just doing like apples to apples like those players probably sucked but i'm just like a everything 50 years ago sucked guy i mean i i think you make a compelling case for that i mean people are stronger yeah it's, people it's throw more spin rates evolution evolution man People do not like Claude Giroux not being on. On uh, people do not like uh, the the Claude Giroux disrespect. I didn't know. I thought we were like trying to cl- trade Claude Giroux for like the last five years. I know I have. On top of my head, Bryce this year, Howard in 06, Wentz in seventeen, and Joel in 20, 2021, I should say. Uh, I think those are the Rollins. four that really stick out. Yeah, I love Rollins. I don't know if you could put him in that. It's just like not quite statistically there with those guys, but I, I mean, he's my favorite athlete of all time, so I'll I'll gladly include him in the conversation. Nick Foles for four games? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> not even though because the Falcons game he kind of sucked, so, so two <laughs> games for sure. Dude, Keanu Neal's knee should be like oh. in the Hall of Fame, in the right. Eagles Hall of Fame. They should retire Keanu Neal's knee. Same with um, Jalen Mills' like hand for holding Julio Jones down mm. on the ground. <laughs> Finger wagon. Oh man, man, man. Anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I'm trying to, I mean, the Chiefs ripped my heart out last night. That's what I get for betting against Lamar Jackson. Um, I said, I, I said this to you off air. Um, I know the Lamar Jackson Vic comparisons are obviously the, the cream of the crop, the, the only one that people ever want to compare him to. Uh, Vic would have never been able to do what Lamar Jackson did, uh, with, in terms of having zero running backs, um, having an offensive line that was completely upended. Um, this should have been the Chiefs running away with this by like 30 points, and you're looking on Tuesday, and someone's reacting like, oh, man, the Ravens kind of suck. It's like, no, the Ravens are just really, really banged up. Instead, this was Lamar Jackson absolutely taking his dick out and slapping every defensive lineman on the Chiefs with it. Yeah, It was amazing. I mean- he he is unreal. He and there there was moments earlier in that game he threw a really really bad pick yeah. and he obviously had the pick six to start the game. So he had moments early in the game and I even sent it out like in a tweet like last year he threw for ninety seven yards against Kansas City like he had a really really bad game and there I was, was really, yeah I was nervous I was like I was like man I, I had I had Kansas City and I at that point I in my head I was like well Kansas City's definitely winning I don't have to worry about that. But I don't want Lamar Jackson to get killed for the next week on social media. 
And he ended up, it ended up being the exact opposite. The rest of that game after that second pick, he was exactly perfect. And he, they figured out basically like, why are we throwing the ball? <laughs> because we can just run it down their throat every time. And the amazing thing about Lamar and Collinsworth talked about it so much last night. He doesn't run. I hate Collinsworth, but he did a good job with this. He runs around. He doesn't run around the edges like every other starting quarterback does. Like Jalen Hurts, if you see him when he looks for a run, he's always running towards the out of bounds and he's always running like towards the first down marker. Lamar just goes up the fucking middle. Lamar just goes mm-hmm. up the gut like he's a running back. Like it is just, it, and he doesn't take hits. Like it is just unbelievable the things that Lamar is able to do. And obviously, none of that happens last night without my baby boy Patrick Mahomes throwing the worst pick of his NFL career. Um, that was a joke, uh, and that was the kind of stuff you saw at Texas Tech that made people nervous to take this guy. Obviously, it's panned out, I'd say. Uh, but that was that was a that was a really rough throw, and it lost him the game. And besides Clyde fumbling at the end of the game, they obviously still had a chance to win at the end. Uh, and they were in field goal range where Clyde fumbled, but just a really disappointing gambling loss. But hard to not be happy for Lamar Jackson getting that monkey off his back. I know it's obviously um, very early. Uh, I think we just saw an AFC Championship preview. Uh, guess wow. who's leading the AFC right now at two and L? Hmm. Let me. Uh, the Raiders and the Denver Broncos. Wow, Raiders and Broncos. AFC, the AFC West, tougher than the NFC West. Are coming Chiefs. to you on Undisputed. Chiefs coming in last place in the AFC West. Yeah, coming <laughs> to you now on Undisputed. Oh, but man. but yeah, I I I don't like. I'm not saying that's crazy. Ravens Chiefs being an AFC Championship game, especially. Well, Buffalo looked amazing yesterday, so I guess that that does kind of take some of this shine off their Week One performance. And I still think Cleveland um, is going to be in that conversation. Um, I was very impressed with how they played against Kansas City, uh, but yeah, I, I, the AFC. I've said it many times; it's wide open. I mean, there, there's so many teams that can go do it. I thought Tennessee was in that tier. I, I don't think they are, um, although they did beat Seattle on the road, and Derrick Henry reminded everyone uh, that he's very. Go to football. Uh, Arthur Smith's there or not? Because that was a big thing. It's like Arthur Smith's gone. Derrick Henry yeah. neutralized. Coming it is also. Now. It's so funny. Every time Derrick Henry has a bad outing, everyone is like, "Well, regression." It's like you can't have 400 carries this many times, and it's like next game he has 200 yards and seven touchdowns. <laughs> Do you ever think people are just like, "Oh, I'm just gonna take this take, and I'm gonna just gonna put it in the Rolodex, and we'll uh, we'll get that one back out maybe week three, week four when he has a rough game." You know, 400 yeah. yards regression. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's that take's been people have been trying to use this take for four years now. Evan Silva at Roto World, um, he finally like last year he put in like a, a rule with Roto World's fantasy writers is don't doubt the big dog. It was stop stop making stop writing articles about how Derrick Henry is going to regress due to carries because it doesn't happen. <laughs> it was the, like, it's the Sean Alexander rule. Yeah. When he won the MVP. I think Larry I think uh Priest Holmes had the same thing that year where he and uh DeMarco Murray was another one where it was like, yeah, they just they just used him like three, four hundred times. Like and after you I remember because Matt Barry always had the like guys I love, guys I don't, um, or guys I hate. And it was like guy had four hundred four hundred rushing attempts. Can't get him before the sixth round. It's like, well, this guy just won MVP last year. It's like it doesn't don't doesn't matter. Chris Johnson, right? It was, it was when like it was when like an athlete turned like thirty years old, and the Eagles writers just like write him off. Yeah. Like, once you turn thirty, you're dead to this city. One of my friends said we're, we're gonna have to draft an O an O tackle next year because Lane might retire. I was like, Lane might retire. He's thirty one. I was like, <laughs> if Lane retires, that's a problem. Right. <laughs> you hit thirty, man, and it's like it's but you might as well be seventy five and be old yellered behind the woodshed. No, it's it's crazy. People are so obsessed with age. You imagine that that's us, but that's the funny thing when you put it in like terms of like us. Like I'm 28, so like three years from now, that's like me being like, yeah, man. Uh, if I worked in like corporate, I'd be like, yeah, you know, Kyle's getting up there at age. <laughs> we gotta realize, we gotta find a home for him. Do you realize you're a year older than Brandon Cooks? It's crazy. I, I, I'm the same age as Joel. I think I'm older than Joel. I'm three years older than uh, Ben Simmons. Like you start to realize this shit. Bryce Harper and me are the same age. Like that's that's just weird. That's weird stuff. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm 25, so I'm a little bit below that. But I'm still like, you know, I'm I'm a big draft guy. As soon as it became like I'm officially like significantly older than every person in this draft, like that became like a weird thing for me. Like for the whole being yeah. a draft guru, I fought through it. But um, I, I mean, the whole Brandon Cooks thing. I saw that tweet yesterday that he was 27. I was like, nope. 
not true. I, I refuse to believe Brandon Cooks has not been in the league for a decade. That guy, um, he's been on so many teams. He's been on like every team. Last weekend, we played that running back, Cordero Patterson. Yeah. Thought he was like 38, 40 years old. He's like 33 or 31. He might be wow. even 31. Yeah, he's like 30. Yeah, he's 30. I was like, he, that guy's been here. He's been running kicks back for he ran he ran punch back for the the Browns like for like ten years. You can't convince me he didn't. Yeah, it's some of these like some of these ages are so crazy. Justin Houston, uh, he's like a D end outside linebacker. He's like thirty two. I, I thought that guy was like forty five. Like yeah. I feel like that guy's been playing for twenty years. And you have Tom Brady, who's yeah. actually like forty five, yeah. and he's starting for five touchdowns. By the way. Edger and James made the Hall of Fame. I saw that yesterday. I, I, I guess I just like didn't pay attention to who made the Hall of Fame outside of Peyton Manning. I was a big Edger and James guy as a kid. Big moment for me to realize a couple months after the fact that Edger and James made the Hall of Fame. <laughs> big moment for me. All time. Uh, I don't know if it was ESPN or Sports Illustrated cover of him with the with the gold the gold oh, teeth on it. Yeah, um, he's the he was the man. He was the man. Anything else? No, I think that's it. I, th- I think right. I. I think I've emptied my brain here. Relax. It's only week two. Awesome. No need to call for, not you, I'm talking to the people. There's no need to call for Nick Sirianni's head. There's no need to call for Jalen's head. We're one and one, top of the division, still first place. Rent's due every day. Sometimes you default. Sometimes you default. Nobody can pay rent every day. I don't care if you're Jalen Hurts. I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes. You can't pay rent every day. First of all, it's economically does not make sense. Go buy a house. If you're, buy, if you're paying rent every day, go buy a house. Okay? It's not bad. Go build your credit. Um, yeah, so that's the podcast. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Buy a Jalen Hurts shirt. I could actually say this, the hottest shirt in Philadelphia right now. It feels kind of nice to say that. Um, yeah, because you know what? The more you buy, the better this podcast gets because I fucked up the audio of the Kenwood beer. Uh, an hour of audio is like, off is like gone it's in it's in the it's in the nether region so uh my day is going to be spent trying to pull audio off a of gopro all day so i'm really looking forward to that so if you buy more shirts we get better audio and then we get better like stuff and we get better studio and then we make this better and we hire producers that me and mark don't have to uh go on twitter and share share uh <laughs> tabs and shit so uh rate review subscribe tell your friends welcome back it's eagle season Week one was so boring because we just were so happy. Now that we two is here and we're already like kind of like, eh, what do we think about Nick Sirianni? It feels like we're back home again. It feels I, yeah. like we're we're, we're we're ready to go. I have a message uh, for the listeners. You know, everything's fine. Oh, I don't use that bit enough. <laughs> Probably because I hate the fucking name. But all right, that's the uh, that's the podcast. We'll talk to you Wednesday and uh, have a good rest of the day.